So you can imagine Joseph is going, cool, I've lived a good life, I've been faithful, now I have a mate to spend the rest of my life with, and we're married, so I'm going to go off over here for a year. And then Mary, we know the end of this story, but Joseph didn't. Mary's over here, and all of a sudden, in this period where she's meant to be faithful, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't know that. She's spending a few months with her cousin. Um, so she's over there hanging out. And then all of a sudden she comes back and she just hands Joseph a positive pregnancy test. I don't know. Just, hey, um, sorry, I guess not a positive pregnancy test, you know. But however she did it, Joseph, um, I'm supposed to be faithful for, for a year. Bad news. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Yay. And you can imagine him in that moment. Um, he's sitting there and, and not, verse 19, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. This is a man who had lived his life faithful to the law. He loved God. He cherished God. He was he knew the law. He's faithful to the law. He had followed. So for, for many of us in our lives, we're like, hey, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing my best. Like I'm trying my best to honor the Lord. I'm trying to bet my, my, be, my best to live a life faithful to, to God, to, 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 to love, to parent, to work in relation to, to, to God as my savior, as my Lord and his kingdom. And we're living this life. And then all of a sudden something comes like it did for Joseph, who was faithful, faithful. And now all of a sudden he's stuck going, how did this happen? Like, no, no, I have my, I have my life mapped out. Like I was going we were going to get married and a year from now we were going to come together. We were going to have our own children and our own family. And he's got to be wondering like so many of us, us do in the same situation where we're finding ourselves, not the same, but a similar situation where we're finding ourselves going, God, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know why you allowed this. I don't know why this situation is the way it is, especially because I'm trying my best. I'm living faithful and you have you have allowed this in my life. And now now I, I guess I'm just going to divorce her, which is what the verse says. He, he has permission to do in the law. It says because Joseph, her husband this is verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the to the law and yet has, has is kind and gracious, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly because by the law he could because she had been unfaithful in this case. We know better, but in his mind, he doesn't know better. All he knows is that he's, this, this girl is supposed to be committed to him, has not been committed to him. And he's like, well, I guess. This is terrible. I don't know what to do. Like, God, I don't know why you would even allow this. I don't even know. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have spoken to my parents and, and her parents about putting together like the right people and people who are actually committed? And now he's finding himself like, well, I guess I'm just going to divorce her. And all of a sudden, my life is not going to look like what I want it to look like. And yeah, OK, I won't like I won't tell everybody in the world about her unfaithfulness. I'll do it quietly because I'm going to respect her and, and honor her a little bit. But I'm definitely not going to. I'm definitely not going to take her as my wife. We're definitely ending this thing based on law. And I'll go find somebody else who will be faithful, I guess. And so for us, I mean, we find ourselves in a situation where it's like, I, I wish this wasn't the case. God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know why you allowed this, this, this hardship, this, this occurrence, this situation, this broken relationship in life to happen to me. I, I don't get it. I wish if I were writing the script of my life, I would have write, written it differently. And we all find that many, many times we can find ourselves in a situation and go, man, if I were writing this thing, I would write it differently. 
and I don't know what God is up to, and I don't know why it's doing it, but I, but I guess I'm just going to divorce her and go on from there where I found myself in life. And then verse 20, he says, but he, after he had considered this, after, after he had considered divorcing her quietly, he's ready, he's considered it, he's thought through it, he knows it's within the law, he's probably frustrated at her, disappointed at what God had allowed. And then he goes to sleep. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And I think I think for us, he would say the same to us. Hey. I know that you're disappointed. I know that it's frustrating I know that you wouldn't have scripted it this way, but I just want to know I'm guaranteeing you that these situations will continue to come. Ones that are hard. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid. God is in this. Don't do not fear. I know you. I made you. I cherish you. I love you and I have good plans for you. And in the middle of it, you might be fearful and you might be sad. But I'm saying do not be afraid because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Like he's saying, hey, don't be afraid. God is in the midst of right in the middle of the heart and you can't see it and you don't know it. But I do. And the angel keeps goes on to to him in this dream. And the angel says, she's going to give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. First of all, this this idea of giving the name is a really big deal. If I'm Joseph in that culture, that's going to be a hard thing to I better be sure that God is asking me to do this, because when when a man is the one giving a child its name. He is accepting fathership of that child. So in this moment, Joseph has to fully trust that the father is going, no, don't divorce her. Actually, stay married to her. And then you, Joseph, are going to be the one naming this child, which means you, Joseph, are going to accept that you are going to be the father of this child no matter what. I mean, that's a big task. Like, just put yourself in his shoes. You better be sure that that's not like some other voice in your ear, that it's truly God, because that is. Man, to take on ownership of of someone, someone else's child. And and here's saying, hey, not not only marry her, but also you're going to be the one to name this child and be this child's father. And not only are you going to give him the name, the name you're going to give him is Jesus. Because he's a savior. A redeemer, he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, you don't have a clue why I've gone off script from what you hoped for your life. And he would say the same thing to us. We so many times don't have a clue why God has scripted something that is off our script for our life. But he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said Through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said. See, the Lord has said things. We knew this 
now, because in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew scripture, which was the only Bible they had at this time, they didn't have any of this. They just had this Hebrew scripture that they, that he could, James could reference back to these people and they would know. These early Jewish Christians would know this. They would know this prophecy that it was coming. And so he can say, no, God has said this. And now we, where we are, almost in 2020, what we have, what has been real to, revealed to us at this point, we can look back and we say, the Lord also has said some things to us. And that is that he is faithful. And that is that we don't have to fear in the midst of the trials. We don't have to fear what the people who don't know him have to fear. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said. And the Lord has said to us that hard will come. He has said that and we know that now and we have it in the scripture and he's promised us and in life's experiences have also taught us that. And what he also says is that I'm faithful. And that I know what's going on. I have a, um, a guy who I would consider wise counsel in my life. He has run a, um, a church camp for about 23 years. And um, he says hard in life. Hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. And if you persevere... God will do amazing things in you and through you. Hard. Hard is not bad. Hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. And when you persevere, if you persevere, God wants to do amazing things in you and through you. So like James said, not, 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 not if hardships come, but when hardships come. God promises that he is still in it and he is still with you and he is still for you and he is at work. So what we start to question is, God, what are you doing? How are you? There is no way you could possibly be working in this situation. There's nothing good in it. Like this is only bad. And he's saying, no. Don't fear. He wants us to trust him. We're singing songs about he is trustworthy. He can be trusted. He is faithful. He is good. Even in the hardships that are guaranteed to come because hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. And he wants us to trust him and he wants us to persevere. And if we do, two things will happen. This is my encouragement. If we persevere, if we are able to sit in the middle and not, not lose hope, not be overcome by fear, but to trust that God is still in it and we don't understand why he scripted something different than we would, why what seems not good can still somehow work itself for good, why, why Joseph sat there and wondered why in the world, God, would you pair me with someone who wasn't faithful and out of it came the savior of the world? I think in our perseverance through hard he wants to do two specific things in our lives. One, he wants to build our faith on his faithfulness. He wants to build my faith. He wants to build your faith on his faithfulness. And it's the hardships. It's the things we don't like about life. It's the struggles in life. It's our least favorite seasons that he uses to show his faithfulness in our life as we persevere through him, with him, alongside him. 
as he enables us to push away fear, to resist fear. And trust that that he wants something good and also that he wants to stretch our faith and build our faith. When James was writing this, when he said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever, when you encounter trials of many kinds. He goes on and he says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow. This is not please allow. This is not will you. He's now giving this like directive to them. Hey, and when hardships come, it's going to test your faith. And then this directive, allow perseverance, allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Our maturity, you know what we all desire? We desire to be mature. We desire that next year in 2020, that we're more mature than we were in 2019, that our faith is stronger than it was in 2019, that our trust is more is stronger than it was in 2019, that we're more open handed with what God has for us than close handed um, trying to own it ourselves. Like we, we hope that maturity comes and he's going, here's the recipe. Hardship is going to enter. It's going to test your faith. And we have an option to persevere. And only through Christ can we persevere. But why don't you allow it to finish its work in you? Because what I know is everything single one of you, if I ask, do you want to be mature followers of Jesus? You would say yes. And so it's not. Do we wish we had. Hardships, do we wish we had broken relationships? Do we wish that life went the way it was? Well, those things all of a sudden become contradictory because our maturity is based on our perseverance in the heart. So one thing he wants to do in our perseverance is to build our faith. On his faithfulness in our life. And the second thing he wants to do is to glorify his name. And he is faithful to glorify his name. And it's in our personal struggles that he glorifies his name in us and in our sphere of influence and in the people around us. Because the way it works is what happens is all of a sudden to the world, they look at our situation and they go, man, that is hard. That is terrible. That is sad. That is disappointing. I'm so sorry that happened. I wish it didn't. But here you are. We are persevering because we know that we have a God who's faithful to see us through a God who's faithful to walk through it. A God who has sent his son to give the greatest sacrifice for us. Won't he see us through this? Doesn't he know what's going on? And so as our faith is being built, people look at our lives and and God's glorified through our perseverance in it. Our hardships become evangelism in our lives. I have another um, guy who I'm uh, pastoring alongside right now. And he says, he says, you know, joy and hardship run on parallel tracks in our lives. That we can experience hardship and joy simultaneously. That during the same season, so many times where we're experiencing some of the hard things, we're actually experiencing some of the joy that comes only from the Lord. You see, joy... Joy is different than happiness. Happiness is so many times based on our circumstances. But joy is not based on our circumstances. Joy is based on the fact that Jesus has died on the cross and came back to life. And we have life eternal. Joy is not temporal. Joy is eternal. So, so many times in our lives, we can have joy and hardship running on parallel tracks in our life. And that's where God becomes glorified because someone looks on the outside and says, what are you smiling about? (laughs) This is not fun. This is this is not reason to 
to celebrate. This is definitely not reason to say, God, you are a good God and we love you. But when we do that, when we persevere in our faith, knowing that God has something good for us in the midst of our hardship, people look at that and it's weird and they want it. They're drawn to the joy running parallel in the hardship. Because that's something foreign. That's otherworldly. And so God wants to use me and he wants to use you in your hardship to prove himself faithful. And so that time and time again, when the next hardship comes, we look back and we look at his faithfulness in the past and we can trust his faithfulness now because of how good he's been in the past. And we can trust that he'll see us through now because of his goodness in the past. And his goodness might not look like what we hope it would. But what we know is that he is faithful. So then Joseph woke up from his dream. Verse 24, Matthew 1, 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. And aren't we glad he did? He did what the Lord asked him to do. And in the situation he wished he hadn't have found himself in. He trusted the Lord. Do not be afraid. And he responded in a way counter to what the law allowed him to. And he took her in. And he gave Jesus his name. And then they had a census and they traveled. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And all of a sudden these Old Testament prophecies that we assured would come past... So many of those are based on Joseph's perseverance and trust in God's faithfulness in his life because they wouldn't have gone to Joseph's hometown if he hadn't stayed around. And so now all of a sudden, Joseph's trust in this voice of the Lord to him, not only not only the discernment, okay, this is the Lord, but then the courage and all the courage of Joseph to respond and say, okay, God, when I wake up. I'm going to do what you ask, as crazy as it seems, as still as terrible as that seems. This is not how I want my life to play out. But obviously you have something in it. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. Joseph trusted God's faithfulness and goodness when it didn't make sense. And once again, he proved himself faithful and he has not stopped. He wants to use our perseverance in our trials and hardships to bring glory to his name and to build the faith of his body of believers. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are unchangingly faithful. Um, That we do not have to doubt at all. God, that when fear comes, it is not from you. That you have given promises that, that, that hardship will come. But you are lovingly, graciously faithful in our brokenness. And you will never change from that. 
God, I pray that for each of us, whether we're coming out of it, whether we're right in the middle of it, or whether we're soon going to step into something that is hard, that we wouldn't have chosen for our life, that when that comes, that we're reminded, God, that you have guaranteed us that and that you are going to build and strengthen our faith, that our maturity is going to come from you continuing to prove yourself faithful to us over and over and over again. You will see us through. Thank you. Thank you that you would use our brokenness to somehow allow other people to see you through us. That somehow you can let our light shine that they would experience you in us with all of our faults. And how messed up all of us are. God, you still have an evangelism plan that includes us, which is so crazy. God, give us the discernment to know that it's you. Give us the courage to respond and to persevere and to trust you. So that your name is glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been waiting to do this for a while. And all God's people said, love one another. Thanks, y'all.